This is Phil Farrand. And I am driving home. Let me just check this and make sure that it's actually running. It is actually running good. I was, oh, sorry. Banged the recorder against the windshield. Um, I was, I was deleting some stuff off the recorder and I think I deleted everything I had on there, which is okay because I have backups. Um, but then I was like, it was giving me some weird readings because it didn't have anything on it. And I was like, oh, did I break something? But apparently I'm okay. All right. So anyways, uh, it's Thursday today. It is actually February the 15th. I think we are getting close. We're getting close to our 14 years worth of podcasts. Okay, so got to do some quick maths. Um, if we have 13 years worth of podcasts, then we multiply that by 12. Oh, man. No, weekly, weekly. That's right, that's right. So if we have 13 years worth of podcasts, and we multiply that by 52, we get 520. We get plus 156, 520 plus 156 is what, 5, uh, 576, something like that. Another 52, so we go to 14. This is the one where we have to be accurate. So if we go to 14 years worth of podcasts and we multiply that by 52, once more we have 520, but then we have 4 times 52 which is 206, so, no, that's not right, <laughs> 14, no, 4 times 52 is 208, no, is it 15 years worth of podcasts? It may be 15 years worth of podcasts, 15 times 52. 520 again, but 5 times 52 is 260. So, right. So, that's about right. We're looking at episode 780. So, 780 would be 15 years worth of podcasts. And we today are on 777. So, like, three. Hold up. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Oh, man. There was a whole... Ah, so sorry. I am so sorry. Are we still running? Yes. There was like a whole line of cars that just came to a dead stop in front of me. And I don't know what's going on, but I applied my brake, tried to slow down slowly, uh, and then they were still slowing down, and I had to... I got to remember to grab the the recorder. I've got to remember to do that. Wow, there's a lot of cars in front of me today. Oh, and there's a school bus all the way up there. Okay, so that's what's going on. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, so what did we say, 780? So here in about three weeks, I have to get the family together if they have some time and we'll do 15 years worth of podcasts on our way to 2000. So, um, anyway, so all is good, all is well. Looking forward to uh, this weekend, 
because we've got family coming in. Haven't seen them. Oh, lands. I think the last time we corresponded was probably five years ago. So we're excited. They had a thing in Branson, so they flew in today, and they're heading down to Branson, and then they're heading back up our way on on Saturday. And uh, we were going to just have them come to the house and make a salad bar and that kind of stuff. And they said, well, we were told that we needed to go to Lambert's. <laughs> and I said, well, Lambert is an experience. That is for sure. And they were laughing. And I said, it's just good old Ozark food. I said, it's, you know. But if you guys want to go to the Lamberts, we'll take you to the Lamberts. So I think on Saturday we're going to run down and take them to Lamberts. Um, it'll be interesting to see what a carnivore can find to eat at Lamberts. Because uh, I can guarantee you I'm not having carbs. Um, because lands. I can really tell when I have had carbs. It's not pretty. Woo! Things just ache like crazy. Uh, anyway, so that's going to be fun. Came along. Work was fine this week. We got a bunch of stuff done that needed to get done. We're moving forward. You know, we're um, getting some things cleaned up and then launching into new projects and Everything seems to be going fine. It's just a matter of getting through some stuff. Figured out some stuff this week that needed figuring out. So, you know, we got that done too. And step at a time. It's all step at a time. Um, so, this week, <coughs> uh, story is going fine. I had hoped to be have book 20 wrapped up by this weekend, but with entertaining family, I'm not sure. I'm close. I thought I was going to wrap up with chapter 31 and then do the extra news chapter and then the epilogue, so about 32 chapters. And then I got to the end of 30 and I was like, wrap up with 30. Uh, and then I got to the end of 30 and it was like, I need, need a little more. And so then I wrote 31 and then I was like, we're not quite done. So. <laughs> So I'm working on chapter 32 now, but I think that'll be it. I think we're going to come in about right on schedule with that. Then I have to write the news chapters, which go really fast. Um, because it's more of a reporting chapter. It's like news articles and stuff. And then the last thing will be the epilogue. Um, those are always a little bit of a challenge, but I think I have an idea that will work. Um, so... If I don't get it done this weekend, it probably will stretch it to next weekend, which still puts me, that still puts me about a week and a half ahead of schedule, which is good, which is good, because I, I can start my read-throughs, and I maybe can get everything wrapped up and ordered by first week of March, second week of March, and then that gives me a solid two weeks in there where I can get my taxes done and kind of stabilize and then launch into book 21. So all as well. Um, so writing is good. Costuming is fine. I'm in the middle of uh, I'm in the middle of another little adventure costuming wise. I'm working on Bugs Bunny Day at the moment and I had ordered a mask that was made out of cardstock. I just ordered the pattern, 
Uh, so I've been building that, and that's looking cool enough that as soon as I started getting into that, I was thinking, well, this would be very different, and I wonder if just for something different, I could um, make the rest of the costume, besides the bodysuit and the feet and the hands, make the rest of the costume out of cardstock. So I would, I was looking at the different costumes um, that are on the Bugs Bunny commemorative stamps that were released in 2020, I think, and there were a couple of different possibilities in there, and I kind of ran them by my wife. And, I mean, there was one possibility in there I probably would have chosen, but, you know. Um, so what I think I'm going to do is uh, the tuxedo, Bugs Bunny in a tuxedo, which is pretty iconic. And I'm thinking about trying to make that tuxedo look like it's made out of, like, origami. Or at least the same type of folded pattern that this mask that I'm doing is. Of interest, then, was the fact I got a whisper about the costume. And as I was thinking about making it out of cardstock with an origami-like feel, the whisper that I got as, we, as I was thinking about it, and I will put my own interpretation on these words. I just got the words, but this was the feeling that I got when the words came to me. Bugs Bunny. Origami. And the idea was, oh, you're doing Bugs Bunny in folding paper? Well, origami. As if origami is supposed to mean something to me. <laughs> Which, of course, Jesus knows that it doesn't. Uh, but then that's the game. So, the feeling that I got was... I should just talk to all my friends about this and see if one of them has any idea what this means. And uh, we had everybody over at the house last Friday night for my wife's birthday. Um, and I brought this up once and then the conversation kind of took a turn and went in a different direction and so I just let it go. And then I brought it up again, started into it, and it just took a turn and took away from me. And so, I was about ready to give it up, and I just thought, no, no, this is important. And so, I tried it a third time, and of course, I got the reaction, well, what's, you know, what does that mean? And it was like, I have no idea what that means. Um, but, you know, figure it out sooner or later, because that's part of the game. Then my son-in-law kind of looked at me, and he said, well, you know the, I mean, he said, it's not very good, but you know what you can do with that. And I was like, what? Oh, well, it's not very good. Come on, come on, what? And he said, well, you know, the, 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 that's all folds. 
which I thought was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. I said, I like that. I'll use that. That's not the end of it. Um, but yeah, I like that. I'll use that. So, um, that's the start of it. So now at this point, what I'm doing is I'm just going around people I have breakfast with. I'm telling them the story and then I'm going, what do you think? Um, and so they're thinking about it. We'll see where we end up. I suspect that the, the other hint that I've had so far is that the bit is supposedly a new Bugs Bunny movie called Origami. And then the question is, what dad jokes can be woven into that idea? Like, that, 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 that's all folds, you know. So, and then I can just do that, you know, as a, as a, uh, as a bit. So, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. It's always fascinating to watch these things come about because literally, I do not know. Um... I just do not know. Now, I just realized I was getting ready to back into my garage, uh, but I'm not going to do that because I've got Nana's car in my garage because we've got her car out here and I'm driving it occasionally. So I'm just going to back into the grass over here and make sure I leave enough room for Amber to park and we'll go from there. Um, so anyways, life is good. All is well. We're all puttering along here, having small groups tonight. Always enjoy that. Um, for today's topic, um, this article hasn't been followed up yet, but the fact of the matter is, uh, I trust these guys who reported on it, uh, because... They have reported on other things like um, the Twitter files and those things. So either someone is feeding them false information as a false flag to get them to report on it so that they can then be disgraced or there is something really important that has transpired that I doubt anything is going to be done about. I mean, last week we were talking about the dark net, or not the dark net, the deep state, and how there's just all this stuff going on in the background, and, you know, every time someone tries to shine a light on it, they're just called a conspiracy theorist and a whack job, except you find a whack, wacky, whatever. <laughs> except you find out years later, oh yeah, by the way, they did do that. And by that time, there's another crisis that comes along. And so everybody's looking at that shiny thing over there and railing and shaking their fists and people are denying it and, you know, that, that, yeah, it. And, uh, you know, then about the time that we find out that, oh, yeah, I get, yeah, that's, I guess the COVID virus was created in a lab. Then we're off to the next new shiny thing. And 
people are saying this is this and people are going, you're crazy, you're crazy, you know, and all the people that are always calling other people's names and saying you're crazy, uh, they never come back out and say, oh, yeah, like three years ago when such and such and such and such was supposedly true and I said it wasn't, well, sorry about that, you were right. None of that happens. It's just we're just moving into the next thing of calling people crazy. Um, I mean, one of those crazy things right now is, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, this business of morticians doing autopsies on body and finding these white fibrous filaments thick in veins, you know, not being able to push embalming fluid through a body and then start taking out tweezers and yanking on blood vessels and pulling out the insides of these blood vessels, you know, that have these long fibrous things in them that look like they were growing inside the blood vessels and attached to blood clots, standard blood clots and things. And, you know, these people are dying. And it's an, there's an interesting movie called Died Suddenly. One of the things that's interesting about that movie is that if you do a search on Google and say Died Suddenly movie, something like that, what you'll get is reviews. You will get <laughs> reviews saying how crazy these people are and this is all fake and this doesn't mean anything. You know, So we're in that stage with this business of it's just all being criticized as just some dumb conspiracy theory and these people don't know what they're talking about. Um, but I started watching the movie and it's a pretty interesting movie. So died suddenly. Um, so that's yet another thing, you know, that we're going to be called conspiracy theorists about. And then four or five years from now, when tons of people have died unnecessarily, you know, then it'll be, whoa, I guess that does do that. And the reason that it's still important, even though we're through COVID is because there seems to be a connection with this, given the timing with the COVID vaccines. So does that mean there's a connection with just specifically the COVID vaccines? Or is it the mRNA technology that underlies the COVID vaccines? And are we aware that the pharmaceutical companies think they are sitting on a gold mine and they are talking about pumping out these mRNA vaccines for nearly everything? Okay, well, if there's a serious side effect to those vaccines, um, at what point are we going to acknowledge that there's a serious side effect? I heard the quote again this week <laughs> where Bill Gates, in a, I think it was a TED Talk, was talking about the fact that the earth is going to have five billion, five, yeah, five, nine billion people on it. And the earth just can't sustain that. But, you know, if we're careful, we can manage that through this, that, and vaccines and this, that, and the other. And the commentator said, what? <laughs> how, how are you going to manage population through a vaccine you know there's only a couple of ways to do that you can stop people from having babies by 
sterilizing them, maybe only temporarily, or you can use a vaccine to kill them. You know, population control through vaccines doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> but I heard Trump, I, you know, I heard Bill Gates say it. I mean, it was just, and he just went on like, I mean, it's a TED talk, so you would think he had prepared and he wouldn't just be saying things off the cuff, but you never know. So that's not really the topic for today. The topic for today is the deep state or, and stuff that's a conspiracy theory until it's not. And two of the guys who worked on the Twitter files, Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, they put out this article together. And, you know, if this is true, uh, it's, in my opinion, far worse than Watergate ever was. So the article says that last year, John Durham, a special prosecutor for the Department of Justice, concluded that the Federal Bureau of Investigation should never have opened its investigation of alleged collusion by then-presidential candidate Donald J. Trump and Russia in late July of 2016. Now multiple credible sources tell Public and Racket, which is the name of Schellenberger's company, I think, that the United States intelligence community, including the CIA, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump's advisors long before the summer of 2016. This information fills many gaps in our understanding of the Russian collusion hoax and is supported by testimony already in the public record. Until now, the official story has been that the FBI's investigation began after an Australian intelligence officials told U.S. officials that a Trump aide had, aide had boasted to an Australian diplomat that Russia had damning material about Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. In truth, the U.S. intelligence community asked the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance to surveil Trump's associates and share the intelligence they acquired with U.S. agencies, sources say, close to a House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence Investigation. The Five Eyes Nations are U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. After Public and Racket, again, that's the organization name, had been told that President Barack Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, had identified 26 Trump associates for the Five Eyes to target, a source confirmed that the intelligence community had, quote, identified them as people to bump or make contact with and manipulate. They were targets of our own intelligence community and law enforcement, targets for collection and misinformation. Unknown details about the FBI's investigation of the Trump campaign and the raw intelligence related to the intelligence community's surveillance of the Trump campaign are in a 10-inch binder that Trump ordered to be declassified at the very end of his term 
sources told Public and Racket. If the top-secret documents exist proving these charges, they are potentially proof that multiple U.S. intelligence agents officials broke laws against spying and election interference. So, there you go. Um, they followed on with an article the next day called U.S. Government is Hiding Documents that Incriminate Intelligence Community for Illegal Spying and Election Interference. So this article goes on to say FBI Director Christopher Wray, uh, no, no, last December 15th, as Americans decorated trees and prepared to tune out for the winter holiday, CNN ran an extraordinary title, um, article titled The Mystery of the Missing Binder, How a Collection of Raw Russian Intelligence Disappeared Under Trump Because It's CNN. So, you know. Co-authored by Natasha Bertrand, the gargantuan expose claimed a mysterious binder of highly classified information related to Russian election interference went missing in the chaotic waning days of the Trump's presidency in January 2021, raising concern that some of America's most closely guarded national secrets could be exposed. And of course, this is CNN, so... CNN and its intelligence sources meant exposure in a bad way. Sources have told Public and Racket, however, that the secrets official worry might be exposed are ones that would implicate them in widespread abuses of intelligence authority dating back to the 2015-2016 election season. So someone said, I would call the binder Trump's insurance policy. He was very concerned about having it and taking it with him because it was the roadmap of Russiagate. Transgressions reigned from the Department of Justice's surveillance of domestic political tyrants without proper cause to the improper unmasking of a pre-election conversation between Trump official and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman to a WMD-style manipulation of intelligence for public reports on alleged Russian influence activities. The CNN report claimed intelligence officials were concerned about the disclosure of sources and methods that informed the U.S. government's assessment that Russian President Vladimir Putin sought to help Trump win the 2016 election. They should be concerned. The story of how a team handpicked by the CIA director John Brennan relied on cooked intelligence to craft that January 6, 2017 intelligence community assessment is the subject of tomorrow's story, the last of three part in this series. So that's today's series because this came out yesterday, February the 14th. So I'll check it and I might talk about this more. So they go on to say the missing binder story has several variants, sources offering different answers on the question of whether anything of consequence is missing. They give mixed accounts of Trump's frantic last efforts to declassify Russian-related material. But nearly, but nearly everyone public and racket spoke to agreed that the tale of an obscure the tale obscured a broader and more important story dating back to the release of the so-called Noons Memo in 2018 
exposing the corruption of the FISA application process, senior officials, including Trump's CIA director, Gina Haspel, have repeatedly blocked attempts to declassify information about the Trump-Russia investigation. And they're saying that they have good reason to do that because there may be very incriminating evidence there that they, in fact, were investigating Trump and his election officials illegally and were interfering in the election of 2016, as they probably interfered in the election of 2020. (laughs) So all this stuff is in the wind, you know, and... It's likely that a lot of this stuff is true. And we have just reached this point in this country where we have people who are in power who do not want to give up their power, who are willing to smear and dance and run psyops operations against the American people just so that they can stay in power. So, you know, what do we do about that? Well, you know, There's not really much we can do about that. We can vote, but this is a deeply entrenched thing. And I don't think any one individuals or any huge group of individuals who are citizens really have the wherewithal to fight this. So we should just pray for our nation. Because, you know, we've had a good run of it here, but there comes a point when power corrupts absolutely. And I fear we are at that point. And the people who are making any headway out of um, this dark hole that we're putting ourselves in I don't know. I don't know. It sure does give me a lot to write about, though. (laughs) Because you're you're watching in real time stuff unfold, and it's like, oh, I could use that, too. Interesting times. Really, really interesting times. And we'll just see. I do know God is good, and he's watched over us, and he'll continue to do so. This is Phil Farrand, and I have made it home.